0: Welcome one and all to a new episode of my RPG podcast. Today's episode is Nikki Johnson. Nikki helps run the Sladies Night event in the local Atlanta area for the D&D community, as well as helps out on the D&D ATL um, events. She's a great resource, and we get to have a great conversation about uh, being a woman, getting into RPGs, the kind of differences between the various groups that she runs, and also running and coordinating event to help a local community. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, one and all, to a new episode of My RPG Podcast. Today's guest is Nikki Johnson. Nikki, will you please introduce yourself?
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Nikki Johnson. Uh, I'm 27, and I live here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I run with ATL D&D.
0: Yeah, Nikki is helping out with a group that I recently got to encounter, as I am also local to the Atlanta area, and I'll jump into all that real quick. However, before we get there, let's kind of go back to the origin. Nikki, how did you get into RPGs?
1: Um, so I think I was about 21 and I moved in with, uh, some roommates and, uh, I woke up one Wednesday evening at like nine o'clock and I walked outside and there were just a bunch of dudes around a table screaming at a guy behind a DM screen about how they wanted to infiltrate the cat city. I had no idea what was going on. I knew they were playing Dungeons and Dragons. I had no idea what that was, so I just sat and watched two sessions, and I was like, well, if I'm going to live here, I might as well deep dive into this, uh, and I haven't looked back since.
0: So it was kind of a thing of necessity. You're like, if it's going to be happening all the time, I might as well get through it, right?
1: Pretty much. Um, I mean, I'd already, I had already been doing like Magic the Gathering, I went to anime conventions, I was like, I was pretty deep in the nerd community, but Dungeons & Dragons was still like, a new thing for me. Uh, this was actually, I think, a year before um, D and D fifth edition was released. So uh, the streamlined, like you, anybody can play Dungeons and Dragons, hadn't really come out just yet. Um, so th- I was playing. I was actually playing Pathfinder. This Was my first introduction to tabletop role playing, um, and that is a lot. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was gonna say like when you when, when, you, when you when you were saying that you guys were playing before Five E, I was like, were you one of the few who were playing four? And then you mentioned Fa- Pathfinder, and I was like, oh, you are playing arithmetic and math. I got it,
1: pretty much. Yeah, uh, and, then, and the worst part was they were already like deep into their lore and into their world. Like I think they had maybe like three more months left of that that campaign that they've been going on through, and they it, I, it was introduced as a level seven druid. and I was like, I have no idea what any of this means i'm just gonna role play the fuck out of uh all of my all of my checks and everything i played a disney princess and i just was like uh i i'm here for the animals (laughs) if you need me to roll anything please tell me what i need to roll because i have no idea what i'm doing right now
0: well that's awesome that you already kind of had at least the nerdy background so the concepts so you know either the fantasy concepts and ideas were completely alien and foreign to you so you were able to just identify with you know is, i think it's, it's a bell who speaks with all the animals i'm trying to remember Mine uh
1: doesn't... i was kind of channeling like snow white meets, that, that's right snow white um, yeah. like like tangled uh rapunzel sort of like just a very chipper very like doesn't know much about the outside world because they've been kind of locked away in a tower for their entire life um and and also like uh, I do want to highlight that the the guys that I was playing with I was probably the there was another girl there but she was dealing with college stuff so she didn't get to really show up that much but I was pretty much the only uh girl at the table or I was only a woman at the table excuse me uh but all the guys that were super supportive and super understanding and like were willing to handhold me throughout the entire game and were like just really excited whenever I decided to do something like absolutely crazy um so that that really did help me like continue uh into uh doing more tabletop game stuff because i know that for a lot of women uh that's a big like uh, when you're when you're kind of just like the only one uh at the table uh and everybody else just kind of like like oh well you don't need to worry about that you're you're just sit there and let us do this for you it it's super disheartening and it makes you not want to come back to the table so i the The guys that I'm with are uh, diamond a dozen. They are wonderful, phenomenal, and super welcoming of everybody at the table.
0: I was actually going to jump inside a bit later, but we can kind of address it now. Coming in, obviously a new player, you've kind of picked a great role. I find a lot of new players... Pick a good uh, first character when their character is like, oh, I'm I'm sort of new and I don't understand how any of this works, or I'm more reserved and I say little to no words, which is kind of a great way to be to let their reality of like, I don't know how this works, so don't force me to speak a ton in. But you're also acknowledging the fact that you were one of the few and then I think eventually the only female at the table. Uh, what is, you know, because I'm obviously coming from, you know, a cis uh man's perspective you know look I identify as white according to people so like I have no issues and worries with this situation how is it for you then coming in as as a woman what are the kind of things you worried about and things that went well in in your case
1: I think especially with that first game uh I mean I'd already known all these people and I was just kind of like like yeah no we're just gonna make a bunch of dick jokes and uh and uh, there's a bunch of dragons. I'm really into dragons. We're all into dragons here. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, and I, I just kind of was like, I definitely introduced that like little extra like feminine aspect to it, but not like enough that I was like, oh, we're all gonna stop and have tea, and and make flower crowns, which I do in some of my games, which is great. But I definitely feel like I, I, I helped the guys to like slow down a little bit and really like get deep into some some you know other kind of role play stuff uh and i i think actually one of the things that they all keep reminding me of is just like at one point i kind of figured out how like oh you know a druid i can transform into animals and i have you know these resistances or whatever and i got like really angry that one of my one of my companions got thrown off a cliff and i was like i'm going to enact revenge on him by turning into a dinosaur and eating the person that did that and they're all like holy shit because one, that's definitely what one of them would do. But two, like this person who'd never played before, uh, and like had been kind of joining them for a couple of sessions, but really hadn't like had a big moment. I just like threw down the gauntlet, and they were all like super excited about it. And they had to like devote like a whole session afterwards to doing that. Um, one guy even drew like artwork of that for me, which was really really cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, I got it as a Christmas present. I have it in on my mantle right now. Um, but I, I do think that having, uh, having a girl at the table doesn't necessarily mean that you're, uh, like gonna suddenly stop doing the blood and guts gore of, of Dungeons and Dragons. I think it it just means that like, Hey, every now and again, I'm going to be like, Hey, I want to pet this animal. I'm just going to go like find the cat in the room and I'm going to go pet them. Uh, also, is this guy hot? Is this lady hot? Is this person hot? Can I hit on them? Can I hit on them? Uh, that def- I ha- <laughs> I ended up playing a bard in another game later on, and that was she was uh, a disaster by bard. She was the absolute like worst character thing I've ever made. Just as far as like not like bad to play. But I I definitely know I probably got on the DM's nerves a little bit with just how much I was like, I would like to hit on every single person that I'd run into, please.
0: That's I that's hundred <laughs> percent fine, Nikki. I think everybody has their I just play the whore bard who's just going to man, woman, cobalt, doesn't matter. I'm just Pretty gonna try much. to get with everyone and everything. Oh, and I'm also an alcoholic and a drug addict and all these other things. And
1: I we didn't go too far into the into the drug addiction, but I definitely was just like the horny bard. Yeah. The funny thing is that game the uh, dean invited me to do that because he's like, Nikki. I I I started running this game for five, for four dudes, and they're the most dry ass. Like, we want to count our money. We want to have inventory checks. We want to do like like boring ass Dungeons and Dragons. Nikki, you need to come and make it like not boring anymore. So <laughs> I was like, can I play a bard? And they were like, sure, you can do magic, right? We need a we need a spellcaster. Like. Cool. Here we go. You asked for it.
0: Well, it's interesting that you mentioned talking about being a woman bringing the game kind of pace slower or down and different. Now that you've been playing a lot more D anD since then, are there differences in how women and men role play?
1: Absolutely, and it's not like it's not like a, a huge marginal difference where it's like this is how women role play and this is how dudes role play. I, I've seen the difference between like having like mostly ladies at a table versus mostly dudes at a table. Um, I, I will not know how it is to have all guys at the table because unfortunately, like as a dungeon master, um, even like, I can tell that I will be introducing things in a game that, um, kind of changes the pacing of a game versus like a male dungeon master for a male table. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Like there's definitely way more, I feel like there's way more like let's interact with the NPCs uh, and talk with them more um, and like do like normal stuff. Like whenever I think about when I'm at a table with a bunch of guys, they immediately are like, I want to do, I'm going to go to, uh, there's a bull riding thing over there. I'm going to go do the bull riding thing. I'm going to go test my strength and uh, I'm going to go get some booze, and I'm going to try and find the shadiest person in the room and try and talk to them. With ladies, they're usually like, okay, uh, I go to the slot machine, and while I'm at the slot machine, I want to find, you know, uh, I want to talk to one of the workers real quick and see how they're doing. I want to get an inside check on them. What's their name, by the way? You DM didn't have a name for this worker, but now this worker's name is Smudge, and uh, he has two kids at home that he's trying to, like... Uh, Fend for while working at this casino, uh, and now suddenly Smudge has been indoctrinated with this lady group and can't leave anymore. Like it, it, it's still it's still all chaotic and all crazy, and they will do things that definitely like make you go, ah, shit! I wasn't prepared for that. I guess this is improv time. But um, I think dudes just get a little more like I wouldn't say aggressive, but they get more like. What what do we need to do? How do we do it the fastest? Can I do something stupid while also doing it? And like, they just, um, it's not a bad thing. In fact, I think, I think I get more done with guys at my table uh, sometimes than I do with some ladies. Um, that being said, though, I've definitely had like a group of ladies that were like, all right, here's the plan of attack. This is what we're going to be doing. Uh, we don't need to stop anywhere for anything else. We've already got everything set up. Um, I think that's also just like, certain players you get at your table as well but uh i it it definitely f- it there's a definitely different feel um from table to table with just like men and women but it's not a bad thing i mean i've had i've had shitty women at my table that i'd never invite back i've had shitty dudes at my table that i never invite back um it's just like how how deep into role playing and deep into like what people come to the table and want to do um it also depends on whether or not people know one another if they've been playing for years if they have just been like brought along by their friend and have absolutely no idea what they're doing uh, i I've, I've seen i've seen a plethora of different dynamics and um i i i feel like i prefer playing with majority women tables just because uh I don't know. There's I I enjoy more role play aspect games. Like I I I've had sessions that have delved purely by role play. No combat has happened, um, and it's really fun and goofy and silly. Um, not that I don't enjoy combat. I think I'm actually really a really good combat dungeon master. But um, I don't know. I just I like it when the players ask like about <laughs> about this stupid town that I've built a long time on. I'm like I don't want to force it on you. But also, do you want to hear about this like? widowed candy store owner that, like, is helping his three daughters through school, and maybe you get a quest to, like, go find, like, a special sugar cane or whatever. That's what ladies usually end up doing, and it's great for me and my heart. So, yeah.
0: I, I, I would say, because I had the opportunity to run an all-girls game and an all-guys game, and it wasn't intentionally split like that. It just happened to be my time opened up, and all my gal friends are in one session and guy friends in another session. And I'll say, I think I think... And also, it's a very desperate in regards to experience, you know, the guys' games, four plus years of being together, and the girls' game, a lot of them were just getting to know each other, maybe had known each other tangentially, and this is the first time they're playing together. I'll say there's very few differences, but the few things I have uh, seen differently, and I don't know if you've seen this or noticed this as well, when playing with two, uh, the different genders at your table, is uh, fem- female players are very cognizant of odor, and like, shout, <laughs> like, like... like Like, a a lot of times guys will just play and assume, like, yeah, we just went through the mucks of the sewers and, you know, there's muck and all these disgusting little, uh, you know, things inside and probably refuse. And we just walk out totally and we go right inside the bar, no problem. So many times with all the times I've run either a dungeon or run something out in the jungle or whatnot, my female game, they've all kind of come back and said, like, okay, we need to shower and change clothes or dry off or, like, they are super cognizant of that. And it's something I only noticed – like it's,
1: yeah
0: <laughs> after the second or third time i realized like yeah that makes sense because i'm as as a guy you know i'm kind of stereotyping guys for a second but i'm not super cognizant of my body odor until somebody mentions it so i guess my characters are the same way they just assume we're always clean but the girls are like no 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 no, i need different clothes because now i just went through all this mud and all this crap and this giant ucky ooze monster got over me like no i need to wash
1: yeah no that i mean that actually wow uh, yeah, a bunch of the all girls games. Um, we, there's always been at least like one or two spellcasters in the group that always have present digitation like ready to go. And there will be times where, like we, after a fight, we're like, okay, everybody stand together, present digitation, present digitation. Let's clean each other off real quick uh, before we go into the next fight. Like that. That is uh definitely a thing. Also, like like oh, by the way, we're gonna go speak to uh this royal person. Uh, usually it's the ladies that ask to like oh, we should bring them. A gift or something um so uh, like guys will usually just be like okay well we know they're into lumber or whatever so we know we have to like probably beat them at like axe throwing or whatever whereas the lady group will be like oh we should bring them something that can like you know sharpen their weapons or maybe like some nice like pines from a different forest or something like what what can we do to ingratiate ourselves with them like I, i've usually had them be like is there an, is there a is there a flower shop, is there a coffee shop we can go to and pick up something before we go talk to this person that, you know, we're about to have a hard time with? And it's adorable. And it makes me really happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've done this thing in, in all my games, actually, when you have moments like that, I like to reward people for like cute bits of roleplay that doesn't necessarily have to happen. Like, just recently, my one of my parties decided like, Hey, you know we always do is eat, eat rations. How about we just go to the butchers and like we, let's get some meat and get some cheeses together and like let's get a, a, a wide assortment. Of, and they had a grocery shopping moment, and I was like, I want to reward you for ha- having versimilitude and thinking about this world not as like, oh yeah yeah, 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 I eat every day. I don't think about it. I don't worry about it. About like, no, no, no. We can have like a nice dinner. Let's have like a cookout or something. And exactly. I
1: like, like, yeah, I know, I know a lot of like I I'm not a dungeon master that's like, okay, by the way, check off your rations. How much gold do you have? Like. I care a little bit about the gold that they have in their pocket, but I'm also not going to, like, you know, y- you stayed at a tavern tonight, just, you know, some, all together pay, like, five gold pieces or whatever for this. Um, but I do enjoy when they're like, oh, we should plan a party. We should plan uh, we should make a guest list. Like, there have been, <laughs> there have been a whole sessions where we've, like, planned like, an ex- an exuberant party uh, for, like, the, like, our, like, going away party because we were like, we're about to die, so we need to, like, bring everyone together and have a really good time tonight before we go off on this really big, probably final mission. And, like, for the guys' one, it was just kind of like, okay, we're getting close to the end, getting close to the end, uh, big fight, and end. And I was like, that feels super anticlimactic. Like, not bad, just like, okay, and we're done, and epilogue, and we're going our way. Um, Whereas a ladies' game, like, oh my god we spent like three sessions after the epilogue just going over what our characters do in the next like five years or so um very emotional lots of crying lots of letters we all exchange with one another yeah that <laughs> i feel like while while the guys definitely get way more like definitely get into their characters um i feel like they don't like think back on like how that campaign changed their character from like point A to point B um, and like what that character would do afterwards. Like most of the guys are like, yeah, fighter, he goes back to his town -town and helps rebuild it. Like one of my players was like, yeah, no, my, my person like helps build an orphanage. And while they're doing that, they also like all of us meet up like once a month, like interacting with each other still after the end of the campaign is just like, beautiful it's like ah you had a life in this campaign and you're of course you're going to stick together and like help each other out until you know the goblin passes away because goblins have short lights so and then you all get sad and then you all have a funeral for the goblin and then everybody cries. Ah, so good like that's why i like playing with ladies
0: (laughs) i'd say now that you're mentioning there's one other thing that i do notice different about when i have my uh games with ladies and that's um, uh, the the understanding of dynamics, especially when it comes to power and not being ever left alone with the character. Because that's something I do with my, my guy characters all the time. Like, oh, this person pulls you aside to a room by, you know, uh, out of your group or is isolating you from your group to talk to you or to do something. And I realized very quickly and I had a conversation actually with another one of my players who was a DM herself. I actually uh, helped her get into D&D and I talked to her all the time about her game. She talks to me about my other ones. But I asked her real quick, I was like, I noticed you guys are like super, super like on edge whenever anybody wants to like just have a one-on-one and talk to one of your characters. And then she brought up the fact that like as females, you know, walking to the bathroom together or going to your car you know, uh, are can be frightening events or going out late at night by yourself can be frightening uh, things. So like to move, you know, have somebody always, always know where you're at or what you're going to or have somebody kind of walk with you to a place is so important. And I'd never thought about that in regards to the way I played with my guys' games because, you know, oh yeah, a person wants to talk to you at the side. They're like, oh, what's the worst I can do? Maybe they like stab me or turn out to be a, you know, a doppelganger. But like, I've never stopped to think about what that implication is until I played with my all girls game.
1: Oh no, yeah. Uh, I We've definitely had like, Moments in game where like one person is off to go do something important, but like by the way, I like someone volunteers to go with them, and like not to like uh, you know overshadow the what what's going on there, but to like you know be like oh yeah I I you know am there as as support in case things go hairy, and if the DM's like oh no no, no that person only wants to speak to this other person, then they're like okay. I'm going to stealth and be on lookout because I refuse to let this person go anywhere sketchy with someone that is saying that at all. Um, Actually, at one point, somebody's character in my ladies game, it was me, um, tried to be a self-sacrificing, you know, little shit and was like, you know, oh, there's an army coming. This is the only doorway. I'm going to lock it from the other side so that the other people don't get hurt. And like, I, I'm going to make sure that my friends don't get hurt. And they all broke the door down and came storming after me. (laughs) Like, bitch, you think? Uh, Which, like, definitely probably would happen in a dude's game. But, like, just the fact that they were like, you are not going to self-sacrifice yourself because that's stupid. Like, we're all going to die together if we have to for your stupidness. That's the other thing is, like, after that fight happened, There was a moment like the next session where we all like had like a sit down in character where we were like, hey, that wasn't cool that you did that because that was like, like not like player to player. This was like character to character where we like talked about like how that character didn't appreciate that the other other character tried to like, you know, sacrifice himself for something stupid. And like, I don't know, I think that doesn't really happen that much in like dude games. a lot of there's a lot of heart-to-heart in ladies games like like in character and then out of character there's been there's been whole sessions where like the hour like an hour in the middle of the game we'll just like stop and talk about like so yeah dad issues wanna wanna get some get some of that out real quick maybe like talk about sexualities and how we're exploring those all right good talk good talk all right back to Dungeons and Dragons like just and maybe this is because we've known each other for for a long time, but we've that's happened a lot in those games, and I don't really see that happen. I've never had that really happen in my all dudes games, like. And uh, I think that would be, I don't know. It, it's good. It's I, I I for one have talked to a lot of people about like how you know, I've put some of my day to day issues that I deal with into my D and D characters, and kind of helps me kind of work them out in a safe and healthy way rather than, um, uh, you know, just being like tack and slash. And this is my optimal character. Like, no, i just, I'll give, I'll give them some human emotions and, you know, it, it helps me. It helps me out a lot.
0: It's funny that we end up uh, actually trying to jumping what the natural, natural progression was. So yeah, your first character is a druid and you got to check that out. So as you're playing more, what's the t- transition to becoming a game master or dungeon master like? When did you finally decide to go behind the screen?
1: Um, I finally decided to go behind the screen when I had this, like, one of my friends was talking about running like a Disney princess D&D game. And I was like, well, I'm already playing a Disney princess, like. Why don't I just make a Disney Princess game? Um, and it was going to be very—I was—I was joking with someone about it, like, "Oh yeah, I'll base a lot of towns off of Anna neighborhoods, and uh, it'll be like there's the Claremont Lounge is there, haha, Goofs and stuff like that." Um, uh, and it was very scary because I was also running it through Pathfinder, and uh, I—there have been whole times where, like I—I—I I, I spent a lot of time building certain things, but I also remember like I didn't put enough thought into some other things and i was thinking back on it i just remember being like well i could have done that better i could have done that better i could have done that way better um and whenever i talked to my players about it they were always like no that was a fucking great game that was super duper fun um i think it was just like wanting to get behind the screen and wanting to tell a story and also like like having people that wanted to play but didn't have someone to play to run for them so just like i was like okay i'll bite the bullet and I'll." run my first game but be be warned is the first time i've ever run a game um i knew most of the rules but i was also like open to people telling me like well actually and then me being like okay cool but next time we're actually going to do it this way um and just kind of trying to have fun with it and i don't know i i i was very scared the first time i went behind the screen i was uh, i mean i'm still worried that my players are lying to me about how great the game was but um I think that's just the one thing you just have to like you have to just wanna do it and knock it knock it out and say you've done it, and it's pretty much just you know going from there it's it's all practice like practice like being ready for something unexpected to happen, just kind of going yes, okay, we're doing this now um and also just being being humble with your players and be like i'm I'm not really sure I can actually continue doing this bit, but we can move on to something else and I'll, we'll come back to this later once I've figured that out. Um, Do you mind if I ask how long to... you've
0: been a Game Master?
1: Uh, uh, how long has it been? Uh, I guess it would be like six years. Six years. I've been a Game Master for about six years.
0: See, that makes me feel better to know that that same imposter syndrome I also have. And, and mm-hmm. like, you know, I ask the guys like Is that fun and you know, the guys and gals will say yes, but there's always a part of me at sometimes and that I, I think it's like once every sixth or fifth session, I'll be like, Oh man, that was total crap. Oh my God. I was just fumbling and I couldn't make up anything clever or interesting. I felt like that was a waste. And I'm like, yeah, they said it was fun, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I have those oh, doubts. My,
1: my worst was, um, so I'm running a, an ongoing campaign now on Sundays. And um, I've had a friend who's playing in that game. I've known her for going on 10 years now. Um, me and her are very close. And I, I, this is the first game I finally get got got have gotten her to play in my game. Um, and I was really excited about it. And I was really excited for her character and where her character was going. And I started kind of throwing things at her character that would kind of move the plot along. But were also kind of like... Uh, to, to an outsider would definitely look like i was bullying her character um which i i tried to talk to her about it beforehand like by the way if this is too much for you let me know but you know I, I i think this would be a really like fun idea um and she would agree with it um but there have been a time or two where she's just sent me like paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of how like upset she was at the session how she felt like i was like you know mistreating her character and you know how I wasn't being fair and all this other stuff and I was just like man like like maybe I shouldn't just run this game anymore because if no one's having fun with it and like maybe maybe I shouldn't and eventually I just talked to the player about it and I I was just like hey I'm sorry if I made you feel like this This is not my intention but you know I'll back off and uh if you're if you're genuinely not having fun like you, you don't have to feel like you have to play this game anymore. She's like, no, no, I'm having fun. Just these three examples of this really, these three really, really bad things like one right after the other happening to my character and I was like, well, I mean, also if you look at it these three things happen to you but these three things happen to another person and these three things happen to another person I've been giving all of you guys terrible, horrible, angsty things. Like, don't worry. You're not the only one I'm doing this to. Um... But I uh, that there was a uh, a point where I actually had to be like, hey guys, I don't feel confident in myself as a dungeon master right now. I don't really feel confident in this game. I just need like a month off to like get myself refocused, you know, re reorient re uh figure out where I want this game to go because um, it's definitely not going where I originally thought it was going to. Um, and you know like figure out like why I'm running this game in the first place. Um, And it really helped me out a lot, and everybody was really understanding about that. Um, But I I think that's just one of those things that you have to do as a DM. Like, if your player comes to you and is like, hey, this sucked for me, like, you have to be like, okay, yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm going to fix that. Uh, Like, what do you you want to do? Um, I think that's a big thing for Dungeon Masters to understand is while... um, you are telling a story you're also there to have fun with the players i think that's a big thing that the the D fifth edition has really like really harped on is like everybody at the table including the dungeon master is there to have fun um and if one person at the table is not having fun it can affect it, it can affect the entire gameplay including the dungeon master including the players um and everybody should be pretty open about talking about whether or not they enjoyed the session. Um, and I think that's why, again, like I think I enjoyed the lady sessions so much is because all of us were so vocal about what we liked about the session, what we didn't like about the session. Thanks. You want some kids? Sorry, this is my son. Say hi, Oliver. Hi, Oliver. <laughs> hi, Oliver. <laughs> I'll get you some candy in a minute, okay? Hey, Oliver. Can you say Albert? I... That's you said Oliver, not Albert. <laughs> Hey, can you can you go watch cartoons? And I'll come. i bring you candy in a minute. Thank you. Um, it's important for both the players and the DM to communicate at the table. Um, which is why I enjoyed playing with ladies so much. Is because uh, maybe it's just the the women that I've been with, uh, we're all just super vocal about what we're feeling about the game during the session and even afterwards. Um, whether it's just like, oh my god, that was really cool or holy shit, that was really stressful. I never want to try and do that again. Um, which uh it, I, I think is great. Um, most of the time, uh I, I I've actually had a few instances at in my guys' tables where like the guys just didn't understand why somebody was upset at the table over something. Um I've I've actually had um I had an altercation with one of the players. Uh, cause I, my, my character was trying to do something in game. Um, and while her means were very dubious, uh, he, uh, he was like, okay, my character is going to come in and do this thing. And I reacted in a very, uh, strong manner. And he got upset at me cause I was getting upset at him. And, uh, I had a bunch of ladies on my side who were like, no, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. And all the other, and all the dudes on the other side of the table were like, well that doesn't seem fair. Um and the dungeon master handled it and said, you know, okay, so you, that happens and this group of people leaves. They they say this was cool and everything, but they don't want to deal with that and so the the problem became moot, but um uh the player couldn't understand why like I was upset about it. He was like, "Well, you're doing that thing, so I should be able to do this thing." And it's like that's not the same though. Like even though like on paper it's the same what you're doing is being an asshole and what i'm doing is you know trying to prepare people for you know something really bad so um and like i don't know just uh i think as as players or as a dungeon master like hearing that and going okay this is we, we need to fix this right now also let's just take a quick a, a quick five Let's let some things die down. If people want to talk to me real quick about what just happened, or whatever. We can do that, because um, that was that was that was a real bad time. Um, I'd actually want to go. I don't really want to really go go into it because it, it's a it's a very sensitive subject, and I don't want to. That's uh, trigger That's, any that's totally fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No problem. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask then is so then you start being a game master yourself. You're running your own games. How do you start getting involved with ATL D and D, and what eventually leads to Sladey's Night?
1: Um, so I had my son in 2017, and uh, I kind of became pretty, pretty uh, dedicated to you know being a mom. But I was still like working at home, and I had one other game that I was playing in, but it was just that one. Um, and when that finished up, I didn't really have any other D&D going on. Um, well, that's not true. I had another game that was also going on maternity leave, um, but I didn't really enjoy that group as much. Again, it was a, another all-male group. There was another lady in there, but there was one guy at that table that was just a... Um, he's a super min-maxer, and his character was very broken, uh, and it just made it uh, not fun to play uh with that group just because uh i i also like playing characters that aren't necessarily like great at one thing maybe like great at a few things and they're they're like you know they're they're the character themselves is good not just like i'm i'm a good fighter and i'm the best at hitting things like i i think that's what happens a lot in like uh a lot of dude tables is they try to make like the like i'm the brain i'm the magician i'm the heel bot. I'm the big beefy fighter guy. I'm the other big beefy fighter guy, but slightly different. Um, Whereas like at a ladies table, you could have three rogues, but the three rogues all do something different and they all like either work together or they might like cheat one another, but it never feels like a rogue is better than the other one. This guy's fighter character at level like nine was hitting at like 99 and doing like boatload of damage because the dungeon master had given him a magic item that was uh, broken, like had given him a magic item that uh, was unchecked and like just broke the game for everybody else to have any sort of fun. So um, I just didn't want to play in that game anymore. And eventually a friend of mine told me about the one shots going on at ATL D&D. Um, and, uh, I was like, yeah, they're free. You just show up and grab a character sheet and just play. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went to one and I didn't really do much because I was playing another at another dude table, and I kind of got like talked over a lot. And so I was like, okay, well, that wasn't fun, but you know, maybe I'll come back a ne- uh, another time. Um, I ended up going back. Um, I was trying to start another campaign for new players, and so I went back and. Pretended to be a new player at a table just to see how that would look to a new player. If they, if they, if someone was a new player sitting at a table, because I've I have forgotten what it's like to be new and not really sure what your character is supposed to be doing, um, and you know playing with people that maybe have a little more experience than you. So I wanted to see how that would look, so that I, as a dungeon master, could look out for that and try to make sure that that doesn't happen at my table too much. Um, so I went pretending to be a new player and I jumped into a, a level one, like dragon heist game. And the guys at that table completely steamrolled me. Like I tried to do something and they were like, no. And then I tried to help with solving a puzzle and they already solved it and we're to the next room. And it just, it felt so like they were just speeding along with one another and I was getting left behind. And that was uh, that was disheartening for me. Um, but I could not even imagine how disheartening that would be for like an actual new player. Um so yeah, no, uh uh yeah, if I if I were just a, a regular new player having never played Dungeons Dragons before and had come to one of these events, you know, expecting to to you know get to play. I I don't think the dungeon master did anything wrong. I just felt if I were the dungeon master, I would have probably been like, okay, so that's what you guys are doing. By the way, what are you doing? Like trying to like coax the other person to play more, or asking them like, you know, what what do you want your character to do? Do you want them to be more fighty? Do you want to do you want to be the person that stands in the back, or do you want to like? do something because there are players that do actually just like they're only there to like you know fight and do combat stuff they're not very good at role playing which is fine um but i think no like asking them anyway like you know asking the quiet person at the table like is is this what you want to do or did you want to do something else um even if they don't intentionally uh you know or if even if they don't you know say they want to do something just being asked uh, if they want to do anything by the Dungeon Master, I think, you know, it go- goes and helps them out a whole lot. Cookie Monster? Cookie Monster? Oh, no! Oh, no! We lost Cookie Monster. And here you go. Uh, but, so... um. So yeah, seeing seeing that and and kind of feeling that way at the at the table, um, kind of just like helped me go into the the game that I had been planning to run with a bunch of new people and like I didn't have a voice the next day because that that was me the the entire time. I also had like an eight person table and I w- I was just trying to make sure that like everybody got an opportunity to do something that everybody you know felt included. Um, as best as they could, as best as I could. Um, and, um, I mean, uh, that game, uh, that game ended because just a lot of different, you know, uh, responsibilities and schedules just didn't really match up. But, uh, a lot of people, you know, told me like, this was really fun. I can't do this continuously, but you know, if, if there's ever a time for, um, uh, like us jumping into like one shots, I, that would be really fun. Um, but, uh, then I was just like, okay, this is really, this is a really cool idea. Let me, you know, come here and like jump into a, a fun, easy one shot. Um, and then I asked to run, uh, a game, like, like run a one shot game myself. Uh, and then it just kind of like devolved into, you know, Nikki's really cool. She can run a, a game for the bar crawl, uh, She's running stuff, you know, weekly. Um, I'm playing in this all women's group now. Uh, We were, we were, we were starting to like expand with our first bar crawl with ATL D&D and also having like, uh, you know, events that people paid for and then starting having like uh, weekend events and just a variety of different things that we were trying out to see what would work. Um, And I think after our uh second bar crawl i uh i don't remember what kind of spurred it on i think i was just like thinking about international women's month and like how there's not a whole lot of women in dungeons and dragons i think that was it i was just talking to somebody like there's not enough women in dungeon dragons and like the women who do do come to dungeon dragons like uh you know, there's a stereotype of they only come with their boyfriends or when they get here they immediately leave because the guys are garbage or whatever. Um so I I talked with Bradley uh, about running a uh, a a women's um inspired uh uh week of Dungeons and Dragons where just women take over d and D. Um and we have uh women running tables and inviting more women to play Dungeons and Dragons and invite their friends um, and try to make it not just like inclusive um, because we didn't want to we didn't want to (laughs) shun. Dudes would get really angry and upset about a women's only thing. So um, we did, you know, say like like men are included as well.
0: Sure, yeah, the last question is, could you explain what ATL D&D Night is in, uh, in comparison to something like Avengers League, which more people might understand the differences?
1: Yeah, uh, so, I mean, as, as far as I know about Avengers League, one game with them, uh, Avengers League, you know, they have a um, a very set way that characters can be built, um, but you can take those characters from different sanctioned um, uh Games, uh, different adventure league games, gain experience, gain magical items um, as that character levels up. Through eventually, you can take them into different, more uh, difficult dungeons and games. um, All sanctioned by adventure league, which by far is like amazing. Like that's uh, that system one uh, is probably very difficult to you know work and keep track of and all of that stuff. But I commend them for for um doing that. Uh unfortunately with that there's not much customization that can be done for um characters. Um uh I feel like uh you you don't really get to explore um unless people are playing campaigns uh with their eventually characters. You don't really get to like you know build a backstory uh with your your character and tell like a whole story with them. Um, it feels very much like I have this character, they do this thing and we go through the dungeon and you get your experience, which some people are really into that. I'm way more into story driven characters, um, which uh, I think is allowed in ATL D&D. Um, and at ATL d we do provide, you know, uh, Wizard of the Coast fifth uh, edition, pre-generated characters. So whatever you find online, we just print off a bunch of different versions of the level 1, level 3, and sometimes level 5 characters. We have those available for players to just grab and jump into the game of that appropriate level. Um, we also have blank character sheets. Someone wants to build their own characters. We also encourage people to use um, the, like any of the uh, uh, character sheet building apps or D&D Beyond to build their own character and just play in that game. Um, because most of the dungeon masters who run uh, ATL D&D can pretty much run with just about anything uh, thrown at them. Uh, I've definitely had... um...
0: So what has the reaction been like to Slady's Night and your time with ATL D&D? How's it gone?
1: Um, Slady's Night had such a... I I don't even know like the right words to describe it. So many people, so many women and those that identify as, as women felt so excited and like a lot of people they were I I one, a lot of people were excited about Sadies Night and were out and inviting girlfriends to it and um I had a few um uh, DMs that I looked up to come out and, and play with us. Um, and not just like the women, but all the dudes who come to ATL D&D were super excited about this. They were super excited for just like how much people were talking about it. Um, and like during the event, I just kept getting people like coming up and being like, this is amazing. This is the greatest thing ever. You know, I've never seen so many women playing at D&D tables before. Um, having people like come up and, you know, you know, you, you say that because uh, the charity we were uh, we were uh, all the proceeds from Ladies Night this year went to um, Girls Inc. Um, and having so many people come up to me and saying, you know, I, I was in Girls Inc. My sister was in Girls Inc. Like this is such a good charity and, you know, I want to donate to it. Um, and, and having Girls Inc. even be like we've never had a and d group. Put charity, put like, ask us for, uh, or uh, donate to us, uh, which was exciting for them. And they ended up offering us uh, some summer opportunities to um, teach girls Dungeons and Dragons as well, um, which was really exciting. uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't do that because of uh, scheduling on my part. But uh, when the event ended, all I got for the next month was... So when's the next Ladies' Night? When are we gonna do this again? Are we doing this again this year? And as excited as I was to to try and do it again in this year, I I kind of came down and was like, you know, I want Ladies' Night to be a March thing. I want it to be exclusively during International Women's Month. And I want it to be a really big impactful thing that we all look forward to. Um, and since I've said that, you know, I I like keep getting people coming up to me and being like, let me know what I can do to, to, to contribute to this. Um, I like, and I don't think people realized how desperate women were (laughs) to have uh, a, a space that felt like not only like welcoming to them, but also um, like just you, you can, you can come here and be as, as, Nerdy or as not nerdy as you want. Um and and I yeah, I Lady's Night had like opened not just a lot of doors for me, but opened a lot of doors for ATL D and D D in Atlanta like as a whole. because um, I don't think any other like places have like ladies' nights where they like, you know, uh they, you know, women get drinks for free or you know, women can come and play this game for free. but I don't really feel like they try to like cultivate, like we are going to make something for you. And not only that, we're going to have merchandise that you can buy. And we're going to like, you're going to tell a story with other like-minded women as well. And you're going to be in a space that like is, is trying to make you trying to help you have fun. Uh, cuz i feel like with most like ladies night events most most of it is just to get like the ladies into a bar and you know uh whatever but i i i i think a lot of people really needed uh ladies night uh like i needed ladies night but it it i'm so excited for the next step that we'll be taking with ladies night i don't want to give you any secrets but uh, come March 2020, uh, Slay's Night will be not only returning, but being bigger and better than it was last year.
0: That's awesome. It, it really is great to see you kind of be a beacon for getting as many people and obviously um, women as well involved in the D&D scene, especially in the Atlanta area. Well, Nikki, if there's any way that people can contact you, what it's the best means, what socials, go promote yourself
1: um yeah if you want to reach me on twitter uh and instagram i'm the wigged uh w-i-g-g-e-d-d-m um and uh i don't really post much i i mostly post about atl D, and then my baby and then dice like that's kind of where i stand on most of that
0: <laughs> yeah and if you guys want to follow us obviously the rpg podcast is called my rpg podcast find us on podbean stitcher apple podcasts i think we're on spotify by the time you're hearing all this and all the other platforms that you can get or you can send me an email if you want to have any questions concerns and want to come on the podcast it's my rpg at uh, my rpg podcast sorry at gmail.com otherwise thank you for listening and i'll see you at the table